This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Right, Chris. 
Good evening. Uh, I don't know why that was on the loop so often, but uh, five years ago today, um, I think as Leicester fans, we all remember where we were at the time. Uh, if you were at the match, you were probably walking away and couldn't believe what you were hearing. Uh, I remember I was doing a show and uh, I couldn't get to the match. And um, I remember sitting down, relaxing, and then the phone just starting to go off. And so many messages coming through saying, have you heard? Have you heard? And I think the worst thing was that nobody knew for certain, although I guess we probably did know because we didn't know if that makes sense. Uh, no news, as they say. Uh, it wasn't good news. Um, I mean, you know, watching it uh, live, if you were on BT, it happened in the background. And then, say, five years. And I don't think there will be a 27th of October when we don't remember that and we don't thank Vichai for what he and his family have done for us, not forgetting the other four that were um, that perished in the helicopter as well. Uh, it wasn't just Vichai, uh, so RIP to, uh, to all of them. Um, Craig, your memories of that night? Yeah, I was, um, I, I can remember it vividly. I was talking to somebody at work today um i was at the game and mm. um came home and then i don't think i'd long been home and um a, a tweet came up that just said oh there's a fire near the ground and there was some very sort of blurry picture that was put up and um i thought no more of it i thought oh it looks like a car's on fire or something mm. literally went upstairs uh, and then 60 seconds later, I think it may have even been Rob Tanner or somebody like that. I put a tweet out saying unconfirmed reports that it's the, the chairman's helicopter. I remember rushing downstairs and, and, and sharing the news. And uh, I can still picture the looks on their faces um, when I broke that news and everybody was sort of in, in shock and hoping it wasn't true. But then um, sadly it was. And then you flick the news on and uh, and it all unfolds in front of you very sad it does and one thing nothing it's not good obviously but something that came out of that was the way that football came together yeah i think i put a tweet out earlier today um retweeting the club's thing and saying that they basically created a blueprint for football ownership um that everybody not just uh not just you know, they didn't just buy a football club. They bought into the city and they bought in to the people of the city and they brought them together and with this unifying force. Uh, and I think it was, I think, you know, people were with us before that, weren't they? You know, through the 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 fact that we'd won the, we'd won the Premier League, we were the underdogs. Mm. And then for that tragedy to happen, um as well uh, and i think everybody in football as you say you know it was like uh it was the, going from the the most joyous joyful of of highs down to the lowest of lows in terms of football ownership and uh, when you see some of the the people who have come in and owned football clubs and the sort of mercenaries that are out there and i'm just so thankful for that that this family that vichai chose us and um 
Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll forever, as Leicester City fans, be in his debt. One of the my probably the earliest memory I have of them was um, at one point in, in this first season they were with us. They um, some, somebody was doing a a cycle to every ground in in the league uh, for his son who needed treatment in America, and I think there was sort of twenty five thousand short of their target. And they they got him on the pitch, and they said, you know, here there's a check for twenty five thousand. Uh, and yeah. I mean, there's the, there's the hospital, there's all the charities. Like you say, they bought into the uh, into the tea into the into the into the county. Let's say. And I think I, I think it's important for every Leicester City fan to remember what. Kunvishai and subsequently his family have done for the club and when we go through the bad times it was very easy but very for people to criticise last season mm. the most upsetting thing of all of that I think was when it was starting to be um, pointed towards the owners of the business and uh, the owners of the football club and maybe they should think to sell and you know, we all we all have heightened emotions uh, around football on the ups mm. and the downs. Um, but I, I would never want to see that. You know, for me, yeah. you know, there 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 are owners, and uh, and I, and I hope that they they always will be. They 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 you know, if Colesberg did football owners, yeah, as they say, and and I've got to be honest with you, I was very critical last season, not just of top, but of the whole management structure, as in. Susan Whelan, John Rudkin, mm. etc. Uh, but never at any point did I actually want him out of the club. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we could all. Yeah, you know. Th th I think they're first to admit that they didn't get everything right last yeah. season, and um, yeah. uh, and and we all, you know, in, in every walk of life, people make mistakes. People who mm. run football club, their mistakes are um are laid bare for everyone to see, and uh, and I'm sure our guest uh, who's coming on shortly will. Have his own stories of uh, of how football clubs haven't been run particularly well, but uh, I think you know for the the little blip, hopefully a, a short term blip that we've suffered. I think we we've had more than our fair share of uh, of highs. Definitely, definitely. Talking about our extra guest, and I have apologised to him um, and explained that you know we were going to do that first, and also apologise for any smiles we have on our faces as we're going through the stats this evening. Uh, but I did ask him to remember that you know this time last year we were feeling uh, the way that, that he is. But let's let's welcome him in. And I I've actually got quite a soft spot for QPR. I don't know why. <laughs> I've got no association with London, that part of London, anything. But I just like QPR as a mm -hmm. team. We'll say good evening to Alex. Alex, good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Not so bad. Oh, thank good, you thank so you. much for being patient. No problem at all. Um, do you want to start by telling everybody where you can be found and uh, details about your podcasts, etc.? Uh, yeah, so I'm the host of uh, Our Generation on Air. We're uh, a podcast that has been put together by fellow qpr fans of a sort of younger age uh one of the guys kind of saw an opportunity a few years back sort of middle of covid we weren't doing much to you know um uh, and we all wanted to have our voice 
on on the club that we love so we're a bunch of youngish lads i guess you could say that have uh at some point wanted to talk about our club and maybe go forward into careers in the media and that's how it all started and we kind of just do it for fun now really um and to get things off our chest about (laughs) poor (laughs) poor management and uh bad bad defending and all the such but yeah it's all all a bit of fun talking about how uh, the club we love uh we're on pretty much every i think uh streaming service so uh spotify and apple Podcasts being the main ones yeah yeah Uh, alex alex you've already sorry you've already mentioned uh used the word youngish twice so (laughs) just be careful around uh just be careful around here although Thanks for bringing down the average age of the presenters. Yeah. No. I was thinking that, no. Craig. I was, I was ready to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, how many times is he going to say this in the first? Yeah. I've written it down there, youngish. Um, <laughs> well, let, let's get our own back, shall we, for one second, bud. And I apologise for this, Alex. Um, oops. Oh, getting rid of Craig then. I didn't mean to do that. What I meant to do was uh, move this forward. And, you know, let's not get carried away, but we enjoy getting carried away because I think we couldn't this time last year. But obviously Burnley, we're being likened to Burnley so much, um, if not them and Manchester City. But at this stage, Craig, after well, after 13 games, 22 points for Burnley, 36 for us. They were fourth, we were first. 101 points to them. If we carry on as we're doing, and we we're not going to, we know it, but 125 points is in the offing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'd be very surprised if that's if that's the case. But I mean, when uh, when company went in there, I think he had a bit of the season. They went down. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure, but you know, they were still finding their feet early on, I and he was think a relative. They, did, they had like, a, didn't they have a temporary manager? Yeah, they may well do, but so. But the the um, comparables between him and uh, Maresca are there in terms of young managers who have been around, have been around Pep, you know, for a long time. Company have been around Pep a lot longer than Maresca. Um, But first proper jobs in football. I know uh, company had been over in uh, Belgium, I think, for a while. Maresca had that short spell in uh, Palmer that didn't go very well at all. But finding their way and uh, the fact that he's hit the ground running you know, uh, people talk about the fact that we've got a lot of premiership players. We have, but a lot of our points have come from uh, young kids and uh, and new signings who, are, who have not played in the Premier mm. League before. So the balance is there. But the fact that he's managed to get his message over to these players so quickly um, and so effectively is, uh, is all credit to him. And, and we all know it's going to get tougher. Yeah. You know, we had a really tough game against Sunderland the other night and uh, did well to come out of it. And regardless of the position that QPR face themselves in, I expect that to be a tough game as well. And then we've got Leeds coming up next. So it's not going to get any easier because we no. are there to be shot at and everybody will want to be... Everybody is going to be the one... feeling about this game um, because yeah. being Leicester, being Leicester, Alex, um, you know, we would probably beat Leeds, we'll beat Ipswich when we play them, we've beaten sort of every so called tough team. And no disrespect for you, you'll you know, we'll turn up at Loftus Road tomorrow and you'll you'll probably beat us. But that's that's Leicester. But I, I noticed you did say, like I say, youngish twice there, and I think that's because you can actually 
get away with actually without answering some of these questions but we always start off uh well we say always last week we started this didn't we uh craig footing both camps yeah and there's been one or two but um a bit of a a bit of a leg end here for QPR, and and towards the twilight of his career, he he did turn out for Leicester, as you can see there. Um, your memories, whatever they be, of uh, of Mr. Ferdinand, who obviously was with you up until recently. Yeah, so from my point of view, Les Ferdinand, in my sort of QPR supporting life, has only ever been the director of football, and yeah. obviously he's legend of the football club for his footballing is on pitch antics um you know so I, I can't really sort of say much about or anything really about his footballing career with us but in yeah. terms of being a director of football towards the end and well for a while now he had been a point of uh conjecture between quite a few qpr fans a lot of people not believing that he was doing a good enough job as director of football um i think it's a he got a thankless job trying to take us from where we were uh, when he first came in, which would have been many, many managers ago. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that he was perfect in the role, but this is not a club that's blessed with a lot of money at the moment. Mm. Um, he could have th done things a lot better, but ultimately, I think director of football is still a new role in football, and he was the first QPR. DOF, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So I think a lot of our fans still don't actually understand what a director of football is. So many, so much of stuff in football goes on behind the scenes, and you cannot. I feel it's a really unfair at times to comment on a lot of stuff because you are not privy to those arguments behind the scenes. It's not all rosy between all, everyone on the board. I imagine. Um, do, you, do you think though that ex-players that are legends, if you like, at, at clubs? risk it all if they come back in a non-playing role whatever that role is yeah absolutely i mean i don't have so i don't really have any attachment to les ferdinand as a player obviously but i certainly mm. have an attachment to gareth ainsworth as a player he was you know oh we will be coming on to him in a minute i'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you will but like it, it, it's it's such a risk and i don't know why you would do it because that nostalgia does not last long and it doesn't last long at qpr Seems to last less than other places. <laughs> uh, Man United could probably have something to say about that. Uh, <laughs> Craig, I mean, that that was when we were going through our Derby, uh, Derby and Jones period, wasn't it? You know, we, we seemed to sign any ex-Premier League footballer that was uh, on the way down and still wanted to get a wage back. Dennis Wise, Martin Keown, uh, just to name but two. I'm sure there's a, yeah. many others that... Um, I can't remember at the moment. Yeah. I think with Les, or Sir Les, as we used to call him, he never actually, I mean, you know, if you if you say Martin Keogh and if you say Dennis Wise, all right, we know, he, you know what he did, but none of those sort of players left with any sort of credit. But Les, he came in and kind of, I can't remember him being that prolific. You might remind me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. But, you know, we can see he scored one goal for us. Uh, but he did seem to get, you know, the fans seemed to like him. I think so. I think I was a little bit worried when you, you, you put the foot in both camps. I thought you were going to have Ian Holloway up there. No, um, no, 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 no. I have my limits. I have my yeah. limits. <laughs> um, but I think, I think Les Ferdinand was with us in a, in a period that didn't really um, leave us with many memories, to be honest. It was like a, a, a nondescript. Hmm. 
it's like the boring chapters in the middle of a book you know that you yeah. just think right you know you're just ambling through now get to the get to the point towards the end let's let's have the climax because you know we we were ambling around for a period and as you say picking up players on short-term contracts so yeah my memories of him are that he played for us a few times but nothing nothing specific that ever stuck in my mind about him he was he was a decent player he was always yeah. a decent player les ferdinand yeah. you know he had his great years and and it's true that they say you don't lose it you lose a bit of pace but you don't lose the mm. football intelligence and i think that's what he brought to the front line for a bit um but uh, i don't think he'd go down as a as a Leicester legend, that's for oh sure. no, he wouldn't. Uh, and I think uh, you know, for me, he's there probably with somebody like Dion Dub Dublin. You know, they came mm, in towards yeah. the end of the career, didn't do anything wrong, but their reputation, yeah. like I say, Sir Les, we called him for some reason. But uh, but there we go. Um, Luke, uh, sorry, Luke, Alex, I want to throw this at you because this is something you sent to me uh, via via um, uh, a a tweet earlier in, in the week, and I apologise for reminding you that you said this. Uh, your quote was, there's <laughs> really to enjoy about QPR at the moment. Is it that bad? Yeah, I mean, last season we stayed up by the skin of our teeth. Um, a win away at Burnley when they had really, that they, they knew they had either won the league or they had already got promotion. So they were you know, rotating players. And yeah, it was a great result in the moment. And I think anyone that went to the game, I didn't, but if you went to the game, they would have confessed that it wasn't the brilliant, a great watch, but it will probably be a game that sort of sticks in the memory a little bit because of yeah. the, in the end, that it's the game that probably did keep us up. Um, it is, it just feels so bleak that there's the game against West Brom in, in midweek was, incredibly depressing i don't think we even really tried to win the game i think as most qpr fans and most football fans will probably say you want your team to always try and losing is of is is never good but there's a an acceptable way that you can lose and wednesday yeah. certainly wasn't that and there's been a few too many thrashings recently um the, the a lot of people were, have lost love for for the situation um and mm. for the club i guess and for the for, certainly for the board there i mean under plenty of criticism but you know yeah it's what it is again we were feeling a bit like this towards and we'll come on to, to gary in a second but with our manager last season weren't we uh craig with um as good as he had been and with what he had achieved you only remember the, the last season don't you yeah, I think uh, it'd be interesting to know what the atmosphere is like down at uh, at Loftus Road because last season at Leicester it got very toxic very mm. quickly, um, which pro was probably even more um, uh, disappointing than the performances on the pitch. Um, the the atmosphere that was so put much almost like a twelfth man when we were in our. our our pomp and our glory seasons for that to go so toxic. And I would imagine that was a very difficult atmosphere to, for players to play in, to be honest. Mm. And uh, some of our better performances um, last season were away. Um, so, yeah, I, I fully understand it. Um, I, I always thought, like you said, just before we came on, um, or right at the start, uh, Chris, I always thought 
if I lived in London, QPR would be the kind of team that I would probably support, you know, because, mm. you know, it, living in the shadows a little bit of all the the big, you know, you're surrounded by noisy neighbours, let's, let's be fair. Mm. But then for the likes of Fulham and Brentford to come and sort of, you know, bypass you as you're sort of chugging along in the inside lane is a little, you know, cuts even harder, I would imagine, uh, at the moment. So what 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 is the atmosphere like? Is it is it toxic or is it just a, a resigned um, acceptance of this is our fate? There's It, it is a mix of both. It, it can get quite toxic at points. I, I'd say that a bit more sort of on social media, the, the to- yeah. toxicity yeah, comes yeah, through. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But it, it, and in the, it, it's bizarre because we I was just uh, just recorded our podcast for the week just before I came on here, and I was talking to the chat that I'm on with, and the game is virtually a sellout tomorrow, I believe. So we're kind of thinking there's a few of you guys in the home end because I, I don't know who's buying these there's tickets. There's one of ours <laughs> in your end as well because that's he said he said that was the only way he could get a ticket. So I'm presuming we've sold out. <laughs> I, I I don't I generally don't know who's taken up these spare tickets from us that aren't sort of season ticket holders. There's definitely a lot of apathy and just sort of resigned to the fact that at the moment under Gareth Ainsworth we're heading one way. Um, yeah, and it's just uh, like you're saying about all the teams that have you know you've already got those big teams like Arsenal and Chelsea and and Tottenham. They've got fantastic infrastructures and they can have a slightly wobbly bit like Chelsea have but they can still splurge a load of money and in the end we'll probably get out of it okay we just have to enjoy the bit when they're not doing too good um mm. but it's what adds insult to injury is the other clubs of what people would say probably are the same kind of size of us and some QPR fans would say smaller than us uh you know Brentford have gone past us Fulham have gone past us uh Crystal Palace as well, you know, they are now an established Premier League club. But I remember when we won the championship, Crystal Palace were in the championship with us and they were kind of challenging at that top end of the table around then. Luton have since come through and gone past us. Brighton, to a certain extent, these are all kind of local teams that have shot past us with better infrastructure, with better players, better managers, So just so many better decisions. I think mm. the really frustrating thing is that we can see as a fan base that it is perfectly possible for the for a club of our size to squeeze our way into the Premier League and come out and not have broken the bank to stay in there and still be sort of sustainable in our own way and yet we still cannot manage to find a way of doing that I mean it's uh, a lot of people a lot of football fans particularly of a certain age will only know QPR, I guess, from pushing Man City all the way to like a 94th minute winner mm. um, and the Aguero incident when you, you know, you were, you, you ran Man City. Yeah, well, you, yeah, <laughs> you, you ran Man City really close in that particular game and you just look at the directions the two clubs have gone since and that just yeah. typifies everything, doesn't it? Yeah, and say- if you go back even further than that, you know, there's we were one of the first or we were part of the first Premier League season. You know, we've had better times in seasons gone past, years gone past. We finished second at one point in the top division many, many moons ago. But from me, from my point of view, I've only seen four, three maybe seasons of QPR in the top flight. 
I've not my QPR to me as a fan is actually a championship side. So I guess for me and a couple of other younger fans, it may be it's not acceptable, but it's certainly much more stomachable that we are in this division. Yeah. For some QPR fans that saw our I mean, it's not really glory because we didn't really win anything, but us being in and amongst the top clubs, that it's less acceptable. And that's yeah. where a lot of the uh, apathy comes from, I think. Gary Ainsworth, we, 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 we've got him there. Um, caretaker a couple of times for you quite a while ago. He's been at Wickham quite a few times. Did he come in yeah. in the summer, Gary Ainsworth? It, it's uh, last year. Um, so we had Mick Beal, who then did a runner after about 12 mm. games, went up to Rangers. He's since been sacked. We quite enjoyed that outcome. Yeah. Um, we then got Neil Critchley in. Um and that didn't work out. We started it on a downward spiral and it happened. It started on the bill. Critchley came into the situation, couldn't solve it. Uh, and he got his marching orders. And then you've got Ainsworth who's come in um, as sort of like, a, you know, firefighting last season. And then also it's an appointment that's obviously laced with nostalgia to his playing days. And I guess that's something that the board would have hoped would have got him more time, but it has worn quite thin quite quickly really um but yeah your thoughts when when you came in as as manager i didn't particularly want him to be honest um Mm -hmm. obviously i wanted the club to stay up but i kind of thought that it would end up this way the type of football that wickham played when they were in the championship um it was quite negative to be honest um and he did a fantastic job at wickham he managed to sort of get something out of a very very about a small budget small ish club to get them up into the championship is a success to to try and keep them up you know it, it was a good effort but ultimately flawed in the end i never felt that he was someone that was actually going to be able to take us forward as a club um and i just felt like this was always going to be the outcome where we're in the wrong in the wrong end of the table with a player that, or a former player that I have a lot of time for, getting dragged through the mud, and it's it's not fun for me to watch this because he's someone that I really do have a lot of time for. Someone that was there when I was growing up, and it's just really disappointing that it's become so predictable what was going to happen. A lot of rumours that we might be playing you with a different manager at this point. Uh, do you think he's kept his job purely at this point because, you know, you don't want... Any, on paper, and we know football's not paid, played on paper, but on paper, this should be... Uh, a, a, we know, you know, Leicester should win this. If you're going on form, Leicester yeah. should win this. We know that that's unlikely to happen, and Leicester being Leicester, you know, we're likely to lose this. But... You didn't necessarily, or you don't, your, your owners don't want a new guy coming in and his first game. And I said, please don't take this as being condescending, but you don't want that to be a drubbing against no. the top team. Absolutely. I mean, we are all expecting to lose tomorrow. Going to the game, expecting to lose, which is a horrible situation to be in as a football fan because you never want, you always want to feel like you're in the game at the very least. You know, yeah. um, last season, it was a similar situation. So Gareth came in, or was it? No, sorry. Critchley came in after the World Cup break. And our first game mm. back from that was um, Burnley. 
but he wasn't officially appointed at that point. One of the uh, youth coaches took that game. We lost quite easy, quite easily, three um, 0 I think it was. It wasn't much of a contest, and then Critchley comes in the game afterwards. I think that's the theory that everyone's going with because no one can really understand why he's still there. I mean, as a manager, he's perfectly entitled to tough it out and try and um, find some sort of success because you know he's got a contract there. He's not going to walk away from that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the theory that we're all working towards and we're kind of expecting that, you know, if it goes to form, we get a bit of a drubbing, Gareth leaves and then there's a clean slate at least for someone else to come in. And at the moment, that man is apparently going to be Gary Rowett, but until Gareth is actually sacked, I don't, you know, you can't believe anything, can you? Yeah, he's gone through. I mean, it sounds, sounds like to me that if we win, uh, you get what you want. Uh, we get what we want. So, you know, everyone's a winner is, is what I'm hearing here. So, you know, if you could just get that message through to the players. I don't think the, that message is, I think, very clearly received based on the form of the last couple of games. Uh, I, I saw someone on Twitter today talk about there's a predictor league that some QPR fans have set up and their predictor only goes up to 10 goals and they've seen that as a bit of a problem. So uh, yeah, that's the attitude that we're taking into tomorrow's game. I mean, Gareth Rowett, Craig, obviously, again, ex-Leicester City player. Um, he's, he's, he's gone through quite a few clubs, hasn't he? The thing is, for me, uh, you know, and it's easy to sit here when, when we've brought in a progressive manager, that that, again, doesn't look like a progressive move to me. It looks like someone who, for, again, looking as an outsider, QPR looks like a football club that, you know, you've got some wealthy guys in there and, you know, probably one of the first clubs who brought in some really big money benefactors, but who clearly decided that it they weren't going to throw money at it and mm. just throw money away. They were going to try and run it as a sensible business and that sort of backfired a little bit, I guess. But QPR looked like a team who needs to be able to produce their own players, you know, have a strong youth system. And to do that now, you you have to have a manager who's got a strong enough identity and a way of playing to filter that down through the under-18s, the, the youth team or whatever. So you, your football club has an identity that you can then bring players through who will slot into the same system that they're playing all the way through. And mm. somebody like a Gary Rower, again, just looks like a couple of seasons appointment for me. It doesn't look like an appointment that is going to change the well, narrative along there, there, wrong. since 2014 he's had five clubs as manager yeah you know yeah i mean he's at least a, a championship quality manager i'd say in but it wouldn't it probably won't surprise at this point we still don't have a director of football and someone who isn't actually we've got i think our ceo um Lee who's is essentially running the football section and he's a, he's a businessman he's not a football man he's an american he, he his involvement in football stems from QPR and you know is that him is that him? Oh, yeah, it was, yeah he was he was he was at Le- I think he came from Southampton and I think he yes. came to Leicester for a short period I thought he'd gone off so, to he does have experience. He's not, he's not learnt on the job with you guys does he so he <laughs> took all that experience I thought he'd failed. gone to Italy or somewhere yeah but, um, yeah. I've got to say then, uh, Alex, I'm going to put this to you. 
Uh, win tomorrow, get the three points, and Gareth Ainworth keeps his job. Or lose tomorrow, <laughs> no points, but he's sacked and a new manager comes in. What would you be hoping for? Well, if we win tomorrow uh, in one probably the toughest game of the season, then you know it might stem a, a turnaround of some sort. Mm. I, I want QPR to win. I, I, as long as we don't have the aforementioned Mick Beale in charge or someone like Joey Barton, I'm not really <laughs> kind of like too fussed. Uh, you know, Gareth is a good bloke. He's just mm. perhaps in a job that is a little bit out of his depth, and that's sad, and it, it does hurt to say that. Yeah. Um, I just want I, I want us to win, and I want it to be turned around. I don't care, particularly care what type of football we play, as long as we're doing well. And, yes. you know, that can be with or without Gareth Ainsworth, for, my, for all I care. Like it's, <laughs> I, I, I just want us to win, because if we win tomorrow, it, it would be brilliant to get a good feeling about the place, even if it is brief. Because there, there is bleak at the moment. Uh, yeah, they, 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 there's nothing to say that they can't, Craig. Is and this because they say you no know, Leicester being Leicester, we do have a habit of um, oh, yeah. losing to, to clubs at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, it'd be great for you for you guys, I'm sure, to be uh, first on the secondary um, football show that starts at 11:30 on a Saturday night. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's what we all what we what we all dream of, isn't it? So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys will say that QPR fans will be saying it will be the most QPR thing possible to go and turn Leicester over tomorrow. I think every football fan says that about their club. Realistically, yeah. if if your boys have got any sense, they will know exactly how to beat us. And I think it's pretty telegraphed at this point. So I, I don't, I don't a, see the, form being bucked here. No, the, the, there's a little, little bit there as to whether there's a couple of our key players whether they'll be rested because we've got the, the the game against Leeds on Friday night we've got two players who are one booking away from a suspension so there is talk one of those is Harry Winks who's been you know um incredible to be honest and has, has been at the heart of everything and I think Dewsbury Hall is the other one so you know there's there's talk of whether they will be rested shall we say to try and avoid picking up a fifth yellow and therefore missing the Leeds game. So uh, so it may be a little bit of a changed team that you're coming up against. Craig, I don't ask you to name your team these, these weeks because it is hard with uh, yeah. with Enzo in charge because he changes um, because that's the way he's playing the season and we're not moaning at what how, we, how he's taking us. But do you not play Harry Winks or KDH tomorrow? I think he'll play Harry Winks mm. and, and, and rest KDH. Um, I, I I can't see him going into a game without Harry Winks if he's available. To be honest, because he yeah he does knit it all together. He is unspectacular, but his stats are just phenomenal in in terms of of, of his 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 pass completion, the number of times that he's on the ball, he's at the heart of everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know he's he's an experienced player who should be able to keep himself out of trouble. It's not like you know, he's going to go and throw himself into challenges. Um, so I'd be surprised if he dropped Winks. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play Dewsbury Hall. I think one we could do without, but yeah. two and then lose the questions would yeah. be asked. Um, 
Alex, I mean, looking at the position there, 23rd out of 24, uh, only two wins this season, uh, only nine goals scored, but 24 conceded. Um, safety is uh, already um, six points away. Yeah. I mean, it got worse midweek. Um, I think Rotherham have a couple of games in hand of us yeah. now. And they managed to pick some points up. That's that says it all, really, doesn't it? The table does not lie. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, we haven't won at home since... We played Watford and beaten 1-0 and that was one of Gareth Ainsworth's uh very early games um so this yeah. is you know you know if if we if we win this game tomorrow it, it is utterly remarkable it's probably longer odds than you guys winning the premier league to be honest <laughs> <laughs> well i must admit when hall did the, did it over i'm so so i mean I again like you say i never want my team to lose but i was so glad we did actually lose one and get it out of the way um but um <sighs> When, the, when, when we lost to Hull, they were sort of celebrating like, like they had won the league. Um, but like you say, I mean, you're, I think the fact of the fact is that your your form going into this game, it's not just the fact that you've you know, only won two. You've not won in at least five. I don't know when the last mm -hmm. time you won was. But you've lost, uh, in six, sorry, but you've lost five. And in the form table, you're actually, although it is on goal difference, I grant you, but you're actually below Sheffield Wednesday in the form table based on those yeah. six games. Uh yeah, I mean it's the last couple of games have been, you know, absolutely awful. You can see there's a couple of really big results there. Blackburn putting four past us and what's that, three one against mm. Coventry. I have to mm. confess after the Birmingham game, I thought that was a pretty decent result. That I th I don't think they're an incredible side, but you know, you look at the kind of the way that we're going any point is quite a decent one and Gareth's football is suited to us playing away from home having said that the game against West Brom 2-0 there was no effort to even lay a finger on West Brom it was yeah. really really gutting um you can't justify playing football like that you can get beat beaten by a better side and if you know, you guys take us apart tomorrow because you got better players, and fair enough, that's fine. That is just the way that football goes. But playing against West Brom, a side that have been in the Championship for quite a few seasons now, I think then I don't think they're an amazing side. I think they've got some good players, and they've got a pretty decent manager, but they've not 
managed to get promoted. They're not re- haven't really been in the mix for that. And, and, and we go in there parking the bus from the first minute. Like I said, I don't care really how we play our football, but there's got to be more from us in this in an attacking sense you can't just sit off a team for 90 minutes and expect to win or draw the game it's just not it's not sustainable in any way and it's surprising is it it's surprising to me as an outsider because i that's the one thing you thought you would get from a gareth ainsworth side that you would get hard work and commitment and some physicality uh, and it doesn't seem to be there and i saw him in his post-match interview saying Basically, yeah, we need to work harder. We know it's not acceptable, but you can't say that every week and then not work hard. Yeah, I mean, the, his post-match comments have worn really thin for a lot of QPR fans. Um, I, I, yeah, the, the hard work isn't there anymore. I think a lot of the players are really looking at their what they're doing. You know, football is a limited career. You want to do the best in every situation. And there's a couple of players there. You know, they they have not played well enough over the last couple of seasons. But it was only two seasons ago that we were challenging for the playoffs, and we were in the playoffs for majority of the season under Mark Warburton, and it all fell away at the end. And mm-hmm. had things gone very differently, some of these players could have been going on to better things in QPR right now. Um, but if you look at the look at the way that we played against West Brom, there was a lot of defeated attitudes from a lot of the players I think and a lot of some players like Jack Colback it, it looks like he's regretting every decision he's made on his way here uh, every time he's playing for us at the moment uh, it's it's really disappointing because there is decent players there they can play a lot better than, than what they're doing right now it's just unfortunately Gareth doesn't seem to be the man to unlock that yeah um, I think Scott's looking to a big win uh, tomorrow. Uh, he's gone. Uh, anyone know what the highest winning difference in a championship game is? Uh, Nate says 8-0, and it is actually 8-0. Um, uh, Scott, you're right, Nate. Uh, Wigan beat Hull 8-0 uh, in 2020, and Bournemouth beat Birmingham City uh, 8-0 uh, away from home. Wigan were at home in 2014. Um, Queen's Park Rangers, unfortunately, mate, you are on there. You lost 7 1 to West Brom again in 2018. Sorry about that. I no, yeah, I, I wasn't there for that game, but I remember that. So I think we played in a horrific pink kit as well, which just adds insult to injury. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, yeah, bleak we, times. We've had a pink quick kit, don't, don't knock it, mate. Don't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Any more questions from yourself? Because, um, I mean, it wasn't actually that long ago. And we're going to come on to, and we'll let you go before we stick the knife in and twist it. But we always look <laughs> at a, a past uh, past game as well, which was actually the last game we played, which, again, I'm guessing you, you're too young to remember. Uh, but it was only when we were actually surviving um, by the skin of our teeth that you actually were in the Premier League. Yeah, so um, correct me if I've got it wrong. I think we go down, you stay up, and then you win the league, don't you? Is that yeah, basically? Yeah, I think yeah. we were all playing. Yeah, yeah, that's basically. Uh, I mean, yeah. that 
it, it th this is you know uh, like i said i've the lowest lowest league i've seen us play in is the the championship it, when i've been seriously supporting the club when i was yeah. a very young lad we probably were i think in league one or something like that so you know getting relegated from the premier league isn't necessarily anything shameful in my eyes especially if you do it in if you do it in a sensible way we we never really did that we splurged a load of money on players that were there for a quick buck and didn't really care about us as a football club as a fan base whatever uh and then you know one of the clubs that survive you know you guys then goes on and wins the league the next season and it's it's a fantastic football fairy tale and mm -hmm. um uh, I have to say, when it was happening, I struggled with it a bit more than most. Didn't necessarily enjoy it as much as other neutrals because I looked at what you guys did and thought, uh, you know, that would have been incredible if that was us. Like, it, it, mm. it wasn't in any way close to being us at all. But yeah. so, uh, jealousy was definitely a word I would use when that was <laughs> happening. Well, um, thank you for your honesty. <laughs> but, well, you know, it, it, years gone by with the sort of robotic nature of who wins the Premier League now. Something like you guys winning the Premier League is something to be cherished rather than to be jealous of. So I think it will um, be a while before we see anything like that again. Yeah. Um unfortunately uh Alex uh we did a show uh at the international break where we were predicting um a few of us were predicting the bottom three, the playoff teams and the top two um i was the only one out of the three of us but unfortunately i've got to say that i had got you to go down um so i'm sorry uh about that craig do you see qpr going down or do you see them surviving well uh, you know of course i see them surviving chris i mean i can't believe that you had them to go down it's an absolute <laughs> disgrace <laughs> <laughs> he's um, a bullshitter i tell you he is the king <laughs> i tell you what i don't i don't even I, i'm thinking of actually uh deleting this here is wise man from ancient times i don't think he is wise <laughs> um um i mean i remember i remember us last year and you start looking around and you think are oh, there three worst teams uh yeah, and, yeah. and that's the way that you start looking at it Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday are um, in a mess at the moment. Yeah. Um, you've got Rotherham, who are very hit and miss and don't look like... I mean, Huddersfield have... They've done their sack the manager, get a new manager in. Well, he didn't sack him. He, he decided to leave. Your old favourite, Neil Warnock. Yeah. Get a new manager in. And, and uh, that started really well with a 4-0 defeat. So... I think there's going to be four or five of you, but I think you really need to start pulling up some results after this. And, you know, if you can get that new manager bounce, you know, I think at least as as much as I said, Gary Rower isn't a long-term fix. Well, I don't think so. He might be the short-term kind of fix that you need. It'll just get you organised and stop shipping goals. And that's always the way to start getting the points ticking over, get a few... Uh, getting a few points and just building some confidence. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I hope I, I hope you do get out of it, but I, I know I, I'm, I'm sure you think the same. It's, it's going to be a long, hard struggle. Well, interestingly, um, this Sunday, Sheffield Wednesday are hosting Rotherham. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, I would imagine you're hoping for a draw there, Alex. Yeah, I mean, we've already lost to Huddersfield recently, so that's uh, one opportunity missed. Uh, but, you know, what you're saying about us being in the relegation zone and predicting us to go down, to be honest, we're used to it. I think I didn't see a single um, predictor from various different people that put them out at the start of the season that didn't include QPR in the bottom three. And unfortunately, a lot of that is to do with the fact that Ainsworth's in charge. Mm. Um, yeah, it, 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 the the search for three teams worse <laughs> than us very much started before the first game of the season, to be honest. Yeah. We expected this. We didn't expect anything better. I would have hoped that Gareth being the type of manager he is, sort of fueling on positive energy and um, sort of us against the world attitude, I guess, would have pointed to those predictions and sort of said, prove them wrong. You, you as footballers should be offended by this, you know, yeah. but it hasn't happened. So, no. you know. Jules, you're quite right. We were saying this earlier. It would be such a Leicester thing to do. What an important couple of weeks for you, though, Alex. Like I say, tomorrow, uh, Sunday, Sheffield Wednesday take on Rotherham. Um, and then the following Saturday, you travel up to Rotherham to play them. That has got to be a must win, hasn't it? Lose those yeah. two and you're going to... Oh, sorry, not lose those two. But yeah. if Rotherham win both of those, that gap... Yeah, I mean, like on current form, it's already getting away from us a little bit, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it could be a new manager by by Rotherham. But even still, I, I don't think the board are particularly ones that move quickly. Uh, no. So, th 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 this is... Um, a lot of people thought that Gareth should have gone in the international break that most recently happened. And mm. to be honest, I'm probably inclined to believe, uh, to sorry, um, agree with them because it's, it's, it's going one way at the moment. At least, uh, at least Rooney's been snapped up. So, you know, that, that's something. <laughs> isn't Park it, is still know? available, I do believe. <laughs> yeah. And Lampard, Lampard must be due. <laughs> right, if, give me if Chelsea to... legend Lampard was appointed, then there would be mutiny. <laughs> yes, I think there would. I think there would. That's why I stopped. I didn't rub the. I didn't. I stuck the knife in with Scott Parker, but I didn't twist it with Lampard. Just mm -hmm. notice who did that. Um, going to look at score predictions. Um, I was doing a, a bit of. Well, I was doing a review of the. Um, uh, um, oh God, my mind's going. Who do we just play, Craig? Sunderland. Sunderland. That's it. I got Stoke. That Stoke was the one before. Does a review of Sunderland on uh, Leicester City Down Under channel. Do check it out. It's a good chat. Great guests. Um, and the predictions for this game weren't particularly nice reading for you, Alex. But I, the question that I asked is, the longer that you can hold on or or stop us from scoring. Um, I think the better it will be and the more the crowd will get behind you. But you can't really afford to park the, the bus, can you? But you can't really afford to have a go at us. Uh, if you were to go 1-0 down quite early, how will the crowd react? Will it become toxic and will the heads go down for the players and you, you know, literally, you know, not say give up, but open the floodgates? Well, I think every fan's going there tomorrow with the expectation to lose and we concede mm. early goals far too frequently and it puts us on the back foot 
you know, it, it's fairly obvious that conceding an early goal in, in a football game is not going to serve you that well. And if you keep on doing it, then, yeah, you, you deserve what you get, really. Um, so from the crowd point of view, if you do score early, I'm not expecting any big sort of, you know, toxicity or anger or anything it will just be mm, it's happened again kind of thing yeah. and uh, probably around 60 minutes if we are still losing and if it's got to quite a large score by then people will start to walk out the crucial thing is what happens on the pitch we concede that first goal and the heads do drop we saw it against West Brom saw it against Huddersfield they scored two goals in quick succession very early on in our game against them the other day mm-hmm. and in the second half we gave it a little bit of a go and, and had really good chances to come back in that game uh, and to get something out of it would have been gold dust, really. Um, but the game against West Brom shows, I think, what is going to happen. The heads will drop, uh, and the earlier the better for you, because th- this team doesn't have much fight in them at the moment. If you move the ball quick, quick enough, you'll cut through us. <laughs> so what, what prediction are you going to throw at me then? Well, uh, last week for the Huddersfield game on a, on one of their podcasts, I correctly predicted two one as an optimistic result. Uh, so I'm, yeah. Uh, so optimistic again. Uh, I really think you guys should be putting four goals past us. I think four nil would be par. To be honest, there's been I've watched us a few times recently. Uh, Leeds in particular springs to mind. They dominated that game, but sort of didn't really do anything. They had us right where they wanted us for the whole game and never, never drove home the advantage. And if I was a Leeds fan, I would have left that stadium being angry that we hadn't put another three goals past us. So if you, I fully expect that for tomorrow, to be honest. Uh, You know, you guys will want to score plenty of goals and I think you will have the opportunity if your boys are game. Craig, I mean, if we do get the early goal, do we sort of step down a gear and just take it easy, or do we go in uh, for the kill? What What's your prediction? Um, it'd be difficult. This is where you think... see how nice he really is, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see as. Uh, it depends, you know. When you get, if you get to a, you know, the, the goals do start flying in, then someone will be talking about records or whatever. Yeah. I can't see it at some point. You know, QPR have to say we're at least going to put up a fight and we're going to make sure that, you know, we walk off, even if we don't walk off with any points, we walk off with a few yellow cards because we've actually been in a game. So um, I don't think I don't think we'll run away with it, to be honest. I've uh, I've gone for a three nil and I'll I'll happily take that. Maybe I should go now. Do you think it's been nice seeing you both? Um, I am concerned for QPR if they do concede early, and if they do concede early, I think I think it, it could be embarrassing. Sorry, Alex. Just I, say I, it, Chris. Come on. I hate <laughs> saying this. Um, no, nothing. Think... Nothing would surprise me at this point, right? Everyone's <laughs> expecting us to lose. Okay, so don't. There's no. No offence taken. We we have said all season that somebody at some stage is going to get a tonking. Um, we haven't really done that yet. I've actually reined myself in a little bit from what I was originally going to say, but I have gone, I'm sorry, but I've gone 6-0 to Leicester. Oh, wow. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> he won't be back on now, Alex, will he? Uh, uh, thank I you very feel... much for having me on. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel he's no, gone 3-0 no. uh, and Scott has gone 5. Alex, look, mate, we know how you feel. Like I say, we were there... Um, this time last year, we were, we were. I think we'd we'd uh, yeah. I think we'd gone through our bad run. It was this the World Cup break by about now? But we'd lost six, five, and four on three consecutive games, hadn't we, Craig? We had, but then we had a really good uh, win just before the World Cup, I think. And then um, we we, we had that. Forest, though. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I think we had. I think we all went into the um, World Cup on a on a double wave of false op- optimism. Yes, one that Leicester could do well and get out of trouble, and and two that England might win the World Cup. <laughs> Neither of which happened. That is very true. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I do wish you all the best. Like I say, I, I I can't explain it, but I do have a liking for um for QPR, and I'm old enough to remember Stan Bowles. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's because you look good in hoops. That's what it is, Chris. <laughs> well, you, you've been you've been watching my workouts, haven't you? <laughs> but look, obviously, don't wish it for you tomorrow, but I do wish it for you for the rest of the season. That yeah, thank you very much, and likewise, uh, it's it's always nice, nice actually, regardless of what the sort of situation is to talk about your football club, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Not a worry. Like I say, I hope my prediction is wrong and uh, that you do uh, able to stay up. All the best, mate. Hopefully we'll, put, we'll we'll talk to you for the return match. Absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. Cheers. All the best. Oh, just remind, sorry, just remind people where they can find you again. Uh, yeah, so our generation on air, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and our generation on Twitter uh, if you need to find us there. Brilliant. Get over there and support him. Lovely guy. Thanks so much for coming on, Alex. Take care, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Don't really want to twist the knife in, so I thought I'd let him go before we uh, <laughs> brought up the... Uh... Well, I mean, 6-0 was, was sort of... <laughs> I think you'd put the knife in. I think all you're not doing is twisting it. <laughs> <laughs> he's still in the green room, so I don't know if he's listening to this. But on the show earlier... I am concerned that if we do get that, he's gone now, I can say it. I'm concerned that if we do get that early goal, I was predicting another 9-0, but uh, I have sort of reined myself in yeah, and well gone done. for the for the six. Now, I know I know we always used to do give each other quiz questions, uh, but we are going to look at the last time uh, we played as a team, um, yeah. basically because we agreed that uh, most people are younger than us that watch this and probably wouldn't remember Although I do remember the Joe Waters game against yeah. QPR. Um, talk about sort of appearing on the scene and then disappearing just as quickly off it. Um, yeah. But uh, very quickly, um, you, uh, Alex has just said thanks very much. Um, the match that we've gone for as a past match, I'm going to test you first. Do you remember who got the QPR goal? I do. It was Charlie Austin. It was. And unfortunately, I, I always thought he was a player we should have signed, but then I was a little bit biased because he played for Paul Town before he went to Sweden, yeah. Burnley and everywhere else. But um, you, we played that. I mean, even Cranrich scored. I know that's the title of a 
of a Heskey autobiography. But and again, I think he could have been one that got away. Um, yeah. But obviously, Vardy was coming through. Uh, mm. I mean, all Brighton there. I mean, he's still with us. Uh, Joa got away. Uh, Cambiasso, I mean, scored then taken off. But obviously, I think that was to give him his his moment of thanks from the crowd. Um, he did, he did the bow, didn't he, when he scored, if I remember? Well, I'm going to say, I, I mean, one of the reasons that I do remember um, Austin scoring for QPR um, was that I watched the highlights again this afternoon. So, <laughs> oh, damn. Right. I'm going to, <laughs> I am going hey, to have to get cleverer with these. Hey, I'm a professional. I do my research. Um but there were a few things like yeah, so Cambiasso scoring and then you came over to, to where me and Scott sit in the in the in the crowd and uh yeah. on that side and and he did his bow. Um it was the last game, the last home game of the um Great Escape season. And uh, I did a little bit of a calculation. Um three hundred and forty four days later, we were back at the King Power uh, for our last home game of the next season where we lifted the Premier League trophy and um just shows you what it what what you know the madness of football what a that, difference uh, a season makes yeah you know we, we we do put five past them uh all Brighton's was it was a fantastic um oh, one thing um very poignant today as well watching those highlights it's worth watching them just for one little clip that's in there after all Brighton's goal, the camera pans across to the director's box where you've got Top and Kunvichai there celebrating the goal um, with each other. Uh-huh. And uh, obviously, you know, particularly today, there was a poignant yeah. moment when, when that camera just panned over there and, and there they were. And you, and you saw the joy that this football club brought to uh, Kunvichai. It wasn't, it wasn't a one-way thing. You no. could see in his face he wasn't there just as a businessman. He he enjoyed every minute of I think of his time at the club. And when that goal from Albright went in, the camera pan there and the two of them sort of looking at each other and, and smiling to each other. And it was a very, very poignant moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can you believe that you've seen the guy there, Cambiasso? Can you believe you have seen him in the blue of Leicester? I know we again we were, I was talking to uh to Scott, I think it was during the um, during the Sunderland game. There was a moment. I don't know if you managed to watch a stream that we were being pressed a lot, and we we kicked more long passes than we have done all season. I think in one yeah. game, but there was one ball that Hermanson played uh, the goalkeeper straight through the middle of the pitch, inch perfect to um, to Dewsbury Hall. I think it was who'd made a, a run from deep and. Uh, just didn't manage to get it out in front of him, but it was an inch perfect pass. And we were talking about the greatest passes we'd ever seen. And we, we, there's a couple that we talk about. We, we were lucky enough to go to see Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, at, yeah. at the new Camp and, uh, Javi, uh, and Alonso hit the most perfect pass of like 60 yards. But the other one that always comes up was a volleyed pass that Cambiasso made um, during one of the home games that we saw from one side of the pitch to the other. I mean, he was a, he was just a class act in everything that he did, and and every ball that he struck seemed to be effortless, you know. But he knew, you know, he's a lesson to to a lot of footballers, and I would imagine those that were around at the time. So Dewsbury Hall would have been a young young kid around at the time. 
would have learned a hell of a lot from him of just how to receive a ball, how to look around you and know what you're going to do with it when you get it. And it was just, uh, it's a shame it was one season, but then in some ways that makes it more magical that it was, um, it was, it was great to watch him at, uh, at, at our place. In fairness, we're not, not presuming and not even thinking that we we're going to do what we did the next season. No. When you come to think the fact that it was, well, it's, I still believe it is the greatest of great escapes um, yeah. that we did. He went out having done that for us. And, yeah. you know, we don't always, you know, Nigel Pearson, I mean, he got him to the club, didn't he? He'd kept in touch with him and everything. And like I say, sometimes, I mean, I was there watching him, you know, when he scored against Man United. Mm. And oh, he's just... Uh, and he's been a gentleman ever since he's left. You know, he's kept in he contact has. with the club, you know. And, I think uh, Maresca spoke to him before he came as well. Mm, um, well before he chose he to, might to, to make that decision. Yeah. yeah, there was. I think that would have been a bit of a dream team. But uh, yeah. but I think it was. I think he came out and did say that he had spoken to him and, and he just speaks very highly of the club. And people always speak highly of this club. You know, mm. they leave, but they always come back it was interesting today i don't know if you saw any of the photos that um some of the old players were back as well for the um for the ceremony that they had today for Kumbhichai and danny simpson was there um wes morgan was there and people speak so highly of what those guys and Kumbhichai created at this club that it is a real family yeah and once you leave you know once your kids leave home you don't forget them no and that's what it seems yeah. to be like at Leicester, you know, once people move on, they're not forgotten. They will always be part of the Leicester family. And I think when you look at, you know, the ex-managers that turned up, you know, for 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 when we, you know, when we had the uh, the game where, you know, with the, with the the post-match for, you know, to to, to honour uh, Kumbhichai, the ex-managers that were there, including Nigel Pearson, that had technically been sacked, but you yeah. know, still came back to to, to pay their respects. But um, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I could support another team. I've got to be honest with you, but uh, no. if I did, it'd probably be QPR. So anyway, <laughs> are you going tomorrow? No, no, I won't be. I won't be going tomorrow. It's uh, it's tough to get tickets, and that's a that's a quite a small ground. I have been many yeah. many years ago, but uh, no, I shall be keeping an eye on that. The KP, I believe. Sorry, the England women are at the KP. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that was a tough, a tough one to get as well. That I couldn't get a ticket for that when. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it's good that um, that Leicester City are, are getting recognition and we're getting international games uh, here as well. And it all, it just puts us slowly being put back on the map as a, as a as a place of. Uh, I, what I will quickly ask because I know you got to go, but very quickly, if the Everton Stadium falls through. And let's be mm. honest with you, they're the, the talking about minus 12 points and yeah. uh, that would almost certainly mean relegation, um, mm. without doubt. Uh, could you see the KPB? And, and, and if that happens, that the, the stadium may not. I mean, it's being built, but it may throw a spanner into the works. Could you see the KB being picked for the um, the Euros that we're hosting? It'd be nice to. I think the, the capacity would have to be up there, wouldn't it? Around the 40, 42,000. Um, whether we could get it all done in time, uh, I'm not sure. But 
you know, it would be great. Um, I would imagine there's probably um, bigger clubs uh, vying for that at the moment. But yeah, yeah, I'd like to think that we are we're thought of and, uh, as a, as a as a good venue. Yeah. Um, so it'd be great. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I will let you go, Craig, because I say I know you're gone. Thank you so much for swapping from last night, which I know is an easier night for you to tonight. Uh, I had my flu and my COVID jabs together, and I thought I got COVID and flu together. <laughs> it was I was out out of action, and you know I like my food, and it was the first full meal I had today in two days. So wow. <laughs> if, I, if I'm not eating my food, you know I'm ill. Um, <laughs> just give a shout out. Where where can people follow you on Twitter if they so wish? Yeah, just get me on uh, on Twitter at uh, at Craig Bird. No numbers. He's the original. He is the one and only, as Chesney Hawks once sang. <laughs> Craig, thanks very much, mate. Take care. Cheers, mate. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Cheers. everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye, bye. Thanks to Craig there, and thanks for um, to Craig for uh, for swapping uh, at the last minute. I was. <laughs> Not on my deathbed, because that would have been man flu, but certainly with the COVID and flu jabs, uh, I was on another planet for the last two days. Um, yeah, catch you soon, Craig, catch you soon. Um, tomorrow, 2.15, uh, well, we're going to be back at 9 o'clock for the prediction show. Don't know who's going to be with me at the moment, because I'm struggling for a co-host, because um, Brad, unfortunately, can't make it, and Steve's still got family issues. So, um, but we will be live tomorrow from as well at 2.15. So catch us at nine o'clock here for the prediction show and 2.15 uh, tomorrow uh, when Brad will be back and also Luke from down under, uh, Leicester City down under, and we will be doing the watch along. Um, surely, are we going to be very Leicester-ish? Or Leicester, you say Spursy, you can't really say leicester can you? Leicester-ish, uh, <laughs> probably lose the QPR. That would just be so like us, wouldn't it? Um, 9pm, 9, 9 we are doing the uh, prediction show, mate. That is, we do we do every week, 9pm on a Friday, we do the prediction show for the prediction league that we have for the championship. So we go through all the games and do the predictions. Um, that's what it is. Um, this is the new less. This is true. This is very true, Nate. How correct you are, sir. How correct you are. But look, thanks to everybody that's been in. Thanks to Alex. Absolutely brilliant to have him on. Um, I do wish him all the luck. I do like QPR. And like I say, I can't give you a reason why. But you know, some clubs you just like, some clubs you hate. And I just like QPR. And I'd hate, I, I think they will go down, unfortunately, but I do hope they don't because, like I say, I do have a soft spot for them. So come on, you jurors, but just not until not until Sunday onwards, okay? How's that? We'll do that a deal. Is that all right? <laughs> so thanks to the guests. Thanks to uh, everybody that's been in the chat. Really do appreciate it. If you've enjoyed the show, why not subscribe? Uh, and also, if you don't mind, smash the likes because uh, that really does help the channel. Um, thank you to everybody that's listening on. Um, yep, yeah, see you in a bit, Nate. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you to everyone who's watched and listened also via the podcasts, uh, which is available on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, I will see you back here at nine o'clock. Uh, this has been Lester Till I Die. I've been Chris. This is Arnie. See you in an hour. I'll be back. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. 
You better like them too or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.